from Relevant Magazine, it's the Relevant Podcast. Tracy Island, time traveling, diamond could have shaped heartaches. They'll come to find you for in some velvet morning. Years too late, she's a silver lining, lone ranger riding through an open space. In my mind, when she's not right there beside me, I go crazy. Cause here is where I wanna be, and satisfaction feels like a distant memory. It's the week of Friday, March 2nd, 2012, and this is The Relevant Podcast, the beginning of a new month. Very exciting. Yeah. I'm your host, Cameron Strang. Spring is here. <laughs> I mean, in Florida, it's like 84 today. It's, it's like 78 here. It's awful. See? Spring is here. Okay. Yeah. Spring has sprung. <laughs> For the southeastern we're, United States, apparently. Yeah, we're officially declaring that spring has sprung. Yeah. Uh, here with me in our Orlando studios, the very lovely Maya Strang. Hi. That hedgehog was wrong, then. Groundhog. Groundhog. Whatever. Hedgehogs whatever. know what they're talking about. Whatever, whatever pops up at people. <laughs> Wait, so he <laughs> said it would be longer winter? Yeah. Are, are people in the on the continent experiencing a longer winter? No. It was, Is it like, it was so. 60 degrees in Chicago two days ago. So it's not like a teeter-totter like where it's being warm warmer. down here. It's like colder somewhere else. No, the earth is dying slowly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that war was right. <laughs> that happy voice is Hambone. Hey, everyone. <laughs> on the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello. And our illustrious producer on the ones and twos, Chad Michael Snavely. Hello, friends. This is a very special podcast. Very exciting. As we have our award ceremony revealing the winners of the 2012 Oscars.biz Awards. Uh, and I just want everyone to know that I'm really excited. I'm actually wearing an outfit that reveals quite a bit of my right leg <laughs> for this. So what? it's very bold. It was a very bold wardrobe decision. Are you not not in on the Angelina leg? No, what happened? She wore a dress and she always hit this pose where her leg was like out to the right. Her like entire leg. Yeah. Every every single pose. There's like eight different photos of her throughout the night and she's always in this pose. You know, it's inspired like a meme, like they're putting the leg <laughs> yeah. in famous pictures yeah. now. <laughs> I, I heard I heard the, the Twitter <laughs> handle Angie's leg got like 20,000 followers following the broadcast. Uh, I was also going to say, I think uh, in, also, in honor of that, Chad is also going to make some stale jokes and some semi-overt racism is going to occur. I was going to say, I tried to get Billy Crystal, yeah. but after, after the negative feedback from numerous things that were said and done during the Oscars, I went for the poor man's Billy Crystal, but unfortunately Paul Reiser has not returned <laughs> my calls. Can I just say, uh, who gave the green light for Billy Crystal to appear in blackface? Just, what? Just curious. He did? Yeah, he did his Sammy Davis Jr. impression. No. Yeah. Yes. And it's like, you understand that, that you did that in like the 80s on SNL, and it is now 2012, and The Help is the primary movie that is being and, nominated. And, and there's like, a large majority of you know people in America who no longer really even know who you are. Yeah. Whenever his opening joke was about Field of Dreams, I was like, this is not going well. <laughs> it's not going to be a good show. <laughs> yeah, when, when, when his most uh, pop-culturally current joke is about a movie that came out 15 years yeah. ago, you know you're in for a long And then night. it flashed to James Earl Jones. My immediate thought was, uh-oh, he looks old. And then I was like, oh, <laughs> Billy Crystal, uh-oh. I, uh, I, I was not watching the Oscars. I was watching the NBA All-Star game that night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was flipping back and forth. Uh Oddly, uh, Angelina's leg also made an appearance at the All-Star Game. <laughs> uh, John Stockton wore shorty shorts. and uh, <laughs> he has, They still allow him to the All-Star Game. Yeah. John Stockton has gorgeous pins. Pins? What do you mean? What does that mean? That's a, it's a slang term for legs. I thought that was gams. I think pins too. I remember reading Look an at old those gams on old John <laughs> I remember reading pins Still works in, out. in an old Archie issue. Pins? Yeah. I think they were this. actually talking about varsity pins. No. Like, <laughs> like they like on their Letterman jacket, it was like, hey, I really like your pin. And you were reading it to think that they were complimenting their legs, but they were talking about their varsity pins. Urban Dictionary says pin is a slang term for a marijuana cigarette. <laughs> well, that's my my definition. I did I not. Heard that. I, did not I didn't associate that. that with John Stockton, just honestly. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so stay tuned. Oscars.biz awards are coming up later. And, uh, if, and if Paul Reiser is listening, I'm sorry. I was emailing randomly paulreiser at gmail.com and just didn't hear anything. Back, so. <laughs> I'm assuming that's him. I'm assuming, but 
It's it's irrelevant now because he I got no response. So <laughs> I'm looking at the results right now. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of you went and voted at Oscars.biz. Oh yeah. I was like thinking, oh, what if nobody goes? Oh, no. Well, I would have faked the results. Is <laughs> okay. what would have happened. Cool. And I would have said, hundreds of you win. <laughs> so we actually don't know if any of you No, voted. I'm looking at the numbers. Literally hundreds of people win. Yeah, but you just admit that you would lie if that wasn't the case. Uh, but I'm telling you, I didn't lie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to believe I anymore. think the value of Oscars.biz, the domain, has finally you know reached its $100 potential. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, stay tuned for that. Also on the podcast coming up later is, I don't know, a couple of guys you might've heard of, uh, author Donald Miller and filmmaker Steve Taylor, who for the last few years have been working on a little project, uh, taking the best-selling book, Blue Like Jazz, and turning it into a feature film. That movie is releasing April 13th. And uh, recently Don and Steve were in our studio and we got them telling the story of how do you take a a collection of unrelated essays and turn it into a movie. So that conversation is coming up later on the podcast. Uh, but at first, your entertainment releases. Music coming out on Tuesday, March 6th. Uh, White Rabbits with Milk Famous. Miniature Tigers are coming out with Mia Farrow. Wait, isn't Mia Farrow a real person? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's F-A-R-R-O-W, right? Yeah. Yeah, they spell it Pharaoh like the Egyptian one. Oh, yeah, clever. Little, well, they're miniature tigers. Yeah. It could have been me or Pharaoh. And when you say it, near Pharaoh. <laughs> you know, just another word play. <laughs> <laughs> but they really missed it there. <laughs> well, maybe it's not me. Maybe it's MIA. Maybe it's Maya, like my uh, Pharaoh. Yeah, maybe this is just totally inadvertent. Like we're reading it wrong. Maybe you know? the miniature tigers actually own little Pharaohs. And yeah. they're like, maybe they're is... j- and they're not as clever as we think they are. <laughs> yeah, this is my uh, Pharaoh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, coming out yellow ostrich with strange land, uh, bower birds with the clearing, love drug with wild blood, uh, and Bruce Springsteen is coming out with wrecking ball. I th- it's an analogy for his career. No, 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 no. 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 Oh, his sorry. new singles are so good. <laughs> the boss. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see his performances on uh, Fallon? No, I saw his performances on the Grammys. I was depressed. That's just because he can't play a guitar solo. Yeah. That was awkward. His, his performances yeah. on Fallon were amazing. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. No, like, really. Like the Beach Boys? No, the Beach Boys were terrible at the Grammys. Okay. I was just trying to figure out your standards. Wow. No, no, no. I know your standards. You like good music, but for some reason, you have this, like, soft spot in your heart for, like, old man rock. No, I have a soft spot in my heart for the top five albums of all time, according to most rock critics. Which would be Pet Sounds and Sgt. Pepper's. Okay. Born to Run. Okay. I don't know the rest. Can you fit all the rest of the Radiohead albums in the, <laughs> in the last two spots? <laughs> I, I've never heard any of those. Really? Yeah. I was raised. Tell me you've heard Sgt. Pepper. No. No. Never heard any Beatles stuff other than really? um, whatever they play on commercials. I was raised on Motown, R&B, Soul, mm-hmm. and Black Gospel, which morphed into. Lionel Richie type stuff yeah. and then the emergence of hip hop in the early and mid 80s and then Ja Rule <laughs> I never listened to anything with guitars until college because the guy who in the room next to me was really into Pearl Jam and Nirvana and mm. grunge stuff and this is like ni- mid 90s 94, 96 mm. and, and so it, he was a pretty hip cat <laughs> and, and so like you know like anytime you just hear anything nonstop, you get to know it and then you get to like it and you get to appreciate it and so I ended up developing a taste for alternative music and hip-hop. That's all I listen to, the two ends of the spectrum and nothing in between. Hmm. Um, so I don't know all these like popular artists that you're referring to, like the Beatles and the <laughs> Boys. Am I even pronouncing that right? The Beatles? Sergeant, Sergeant Peppers is like, um, basically, if you like rock music, you'll like it. So it's a rock album, yeah. so it's not like mm-hmm. Keen. No. No, nothing is like Keen about the <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Wait, wait, wait. How close to Keen on a scale? <laughs> wait, so it's a, it really is like an electric guitar rock album? Yeah. yeah See, yeah. what I know of the Beatles is the is the uh, black and white uh, Be- Beatle like invasion, Ed Sullivan, Ed Sullivan yeah. era. That's all I know of their music. Like no, that's that stuff is pretty mature. good, but I don't I don't like it nearly as much as their last few albums. But it's, what's crazy to me about the Beatles, a roommate of mine in college had a poster uh, in the room that had like every Beatles album on it, you know, in the years. Yeah. Their career arc was very short. Yeah. Like yeah. Mo- most artists today, they're still on their first album. Yeah. 
and the Beatles went through this huge progression in like five years yeah. and they're and, and produced everything they were gonna produce in their career, yeah. you know? Yeah. Acid will do that to you. <laughs> Pet Sounds. It just accelerates creativity. <laughs> Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys is another one that still holds up really well. That is a good record. Yeah. Uh, so our pick of the week, Andrew Bird with Break It Yourself. Go ahead and congratulate yourself. Give yourself a hand. The hand is yours and the eye itself is And the ear that heals itself is Movie release is coming out Friday, March 9th. John Carter, starring Riggins. Is that going to be good? Riggins. <laughs> I want it to be good because it's Riggins. Yeah. I like Riggins. But it, I saw him with short hair. Here, here's my so here's my beef with it. If if it was just the trailers, mm-hmm. you know, it's a Civil War guy who goes and fight, you know, it's just this crazy yeah. adventure fighting thing. It shot, seems shot well mm-hmm. as a good leading man. It's called John Carter. It looks legit. Mm-hmm. But then they have to go and ruin it by slapping the Disney logo on it. It's like Disney's John Carter. I mean, it's like, why do they do that? They're they're not. It's not a kids movie, is it? Well, I think it's from the same studio that did like all the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Yeah. So it's like that medium, weird nebulous area. So like your twelve year old boys. Yeah. See, it looks to me like like a poor man's three hundred. Hmm. A Disney version of. I will say though, the director of it is the guy. He's like one of the Pixar people. So I feel like yeah, like Andrew Stanton. Yeah, like he's good at doing stories. So, so surely the story isn't bad. And Wally makes an appearance. <laughs> so <laughs> that would be amazing. Wally. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, also coming out, uh, a thousand words, starring Eddie Murphy. I've never no heard I- of that. Yeah, movie. no idea. Yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's still making movies. Uh, Silent House, starring Elizabeth Olsen, and Friends with Kids, starring Kristen Wiig and John Hamm. That looks funny. So is it their is it their characters from Bridesmaids? No. <laughs> Thank you. They this was written married. by uh, John Hamm's yeah. life partner. I'd love to see a movie with Kristen Wiig playing the target lady and John Hamm playing Don Draper. <laughs> and see how they would interact. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, all right. That'll do it for your entertainment releases. Stay tuned. Up next, Slices. So I catch you at a bad time, oh, no. So I catch you at a bad time, oh, no. This week's podcast is sponsored by World Vision Axe. This Lent, join us for Relentless Acts of Sacrifice, a series of six creative challenges to explore what it looks like to put others before ourselves in our day-to-day lives. Each week, Axe will be posting a video and a challenge to inspire you to live sacrificially in your everyday lives. To learn more, go to worldvisionaxe.org slash Lent 2012. You're listening to Sugar and the High Lows. song is Two Day High. It's from all the sugar. Mm-hmm. It's from their new album uh, called Sugar and the High Lows. Uh, we are streaming the entire album right now on The Drop. Yeah, it's uh, um, it's Trent Dabbs and Amy Stoop who both appear on like the 10 out of 10 albums and stuff. Oh, from, from but Nashville. this is very different yeah. than that kind it's of... It's got this great 50s throwback sound to yeah. it. Yeah. Really good. So go check out the whole album right now at uh, The Drop at relevantmagazine.com. Uh, at the beginning of the podcast, you heard Arctic Monkeys with Are You Mine. Apparently, they sound a lot like the Beatles. <laughs> I've learned. Oh, Arctic Monkeys. So I've learned. And the Beatles are basically the Arctic mon- Monkeys combined with Keen. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of monkeys, did you hear about the 66-year-old monkey who died this week? No. It was like a heart attack. Oh, he was come on. No? No? Too soon? Oh. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Horrible. You wouldn't have made like a Whitney Houston joke last week, but for some reason, Davy Jones is fair game. Wait, who said, A, first of all, it wasn't a joke. He was a 66-year-old monkey that died. And if you say it like that, everybody's like, oh my God, there's a 66-year-old monkey? You're like, yeah, he was really popular. He was well, I just a assumed, heartthrob in the 60s. Oh. I just assumed because, you know, don't, don't a lot of them like monkey actor retirees come to Florida? Orangutans. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're like like they have like retirement ranches for them. Florida. Yeah, and they're like seventy <laughs> and they die. Yeah. 
Okay. So, pri- so, so let me ask you this, Cameron, real quick. Did you listen to the monkeys at all growing up? <laughs> no. Are you from more familiar with the music of the monkeys or the music of the Beatles? Well, I have seen the show, Person. obviously, watching reruns, Gomer Pyle era, Brady Bunch, the monkeys came on. <laughs> you are a huge Gomer Pyle fan. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, is, I have every Jim Neighbors album. You can, <laughs> Gomer Pyle, USMC. He is the voice of an angel. <laughs> My, did you ever notice like later in the series when, they, when he got tired of being typecast as Gomer Pyle and he wanted to show people he has this angelic opera? Voice that hey, do you not know this? No, Jim Neighbors. And so, like later in the episode, he you can tell he like got into creative differences with the people, and they tried to start to show the other side of Gomer and that Gomer could sing and stuff. Mm. You don't remember that? No, I don't remember. Do you I did you watch the, it after it went to color? Uh, only a little bit, yeah, it, 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 it fell off after it went to color mm. anyway. <laughs> Okay, what do you have, Jesse? All right, I'm going to do a, a two for one just to prove that uh, my second one wasn't intentional. Um, okay, so Google has a has a special. Uh, first off, uh, thanks to Derek Miles who sent me this on Facebook because he knows I'm a huge fan of the Terminator Eye. Uh, I think oh, you guys yeah. are all familiar with the technology that was showcased in the Terminator movies, where uh, Schwarzenegger could go and look at different things and on his, the lens of his eye, it would be like a little computer, like analyzing data and stuff. Well, Google's working on a project that will, is creating glasses that will have similar functionality. Um, it's going to be like a 3G type of thing, and it's going to visually uh, use satellites and different things to geolocate and tell you about locations that you're looking at or use Google to find different items. The coolest thing about this is that it's made by the Google X offices. And it says that's the top secret Google lab that's working on things like space elevators and robots. Awesome. I thought that was Donda. <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe now that's Donda. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, this is really nerdy. But do you think they know that uh, the project that created Wolverine and the X-Men was known as Project X? Uh, it was also an amazing Probably. house party I went to in uh, <laughs> Pasadena when I was in high school. Project Did you X? film it and put it on YouTube? Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I, I promised that this slice was a twofer. Um, and I'm not going to get into all the details of this, but there is a, <laughs> there is a gentleman named Richard Zimmerman who is the founder of an organization called Apps for Apes. Oh. <laughs> and the primary focus of this organization is to get iPads into zoos for orangutans to use. <laughs> wow. Wow. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> yeah, That's we don't my want, question, we, Richard we, Zimmerman. We don't want to educate them. No. Yeah, because ex- what you're basically doing is like our worst fear is that like a monkey learns to use a spear. Okay? <laughs> like that's worst case scenario. If you're accelerating the technology by thousands of years, I can only see this end terribly. Right. <laughs> well, so yeah. thanks. So, so, so the basically what I'm saying is, uh, if if the the Terminator glasses are were foreshadowed in the Terminator movies, this apps this apps for apes guy is essentially uh, fast tracking Revenge of the Planet of the Apes. Seriously. So, so this guy is the John Connor of the Planet of the Apes. Hmm. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, this is uh, this is Patient Zero right here. <laughs> <laughs> so we can expect a massive cyber attack from apes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Our iPads are the App Store has been compromised. Yeah. We've been defending ourselves for all these years against more brute force. No, when it was an intellectual war. An intellectual war. <laughs> so, th- yeah, cuz yeah, I mean it's like hey guys, ha- has anyone else's temple run been crashing a lot lately? <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> well, they have all those apps for you can, for smart homes that can like turn off yeah. lights, shut your, open your garage doors. I mean, they can just they can hack in and yeah. uh, disarm gonna, things. They're gonna steal everyone's credit card information, right? They're gonna go crazy at SkyMall.com. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's their strategy. Is if if you're ever at a zoo and you see a monkey with a giant carving of a unicorn inside of his enclosure, be afraid. And he's wearing the Lord of the Rings ring. <laughs> yeah, every single prop from the Lord of the Rings is present in the cage. You need to be afraid. If you ever see the monkey in the cage, receive a box from Amazon.com. Yeah, you know. 
that he's crossed over. Especially if it's Amazon Prime. Right. <laughs> hey, I don't remember giving that orangutan all that old sports memorabilia. <laughs> I could have sworn I remember that. <laughs> yeah. And just to stick it to us humans, the only thing they buy fraudulently is that insane overpriced stuff in Sky Mall. Just to stick it to us. Yeah. But that's where you can also buy those those uh, towables, those boat towables that fly up in the <laughs> yeah. air like a stingray and they go 10 feet in the air. You imagine a ring thing. Dangerous boat toys. Yeah. The orangutans are going to buy up all the data. The last thing you see before it all goes dark is an orangutan on one of those flying tobacco boat toys. Trying to cast spell with a replica Harry Potter wand. (laughs) Wearing like a replica of Batman suit from Batman. (laughs) (laughs) Who hasn't hasn't on a plane? Like, look through that weird sci fi nerd. Oh, yeah. Like section of Sky Mall and thought, you know, there's there might be one guy on this plane who's super stoked yeah. right now is ordering this crap. All <laughs> right. Uh, what do you have, Maya? Well, I just have really good, exciting news for everybody. We've I'm ready for it. In it's the a past, new month. I'm ready for some good news. Like a couple weeks ago, is we were your wondering. birthday month, too? It is. It's everyone's birthday month. It Roxy's, is. Kate's. Yeah. And not only that, uh, John Acuff is coming. Uh, he's coming around. Uh, he's here for some events in a couple weeks. So we were talking last night online, and we are going to get together the night before his event. So, you know, very exciting month. We're going to—I mean, here's what I'm thinking with John. I'm going to probably take him to a nice dinner mm-hmm. and get to know him because we never really talked. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to take him indoor skydiving. Really? Yeah. Have are you, you ever really? done that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is it fun? Awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of fun. Wow. That's but that's fun. something he'll remember. Cause I can remember your date. Cause he was like, Hey, let's go to Harry Potter. I'm like, I'm not going to Harry Potter. I said, why don't we go to a nice dinner? Actually get to know each other, show you a part of our city. That's like normal. And, uh, uh, or we could go indoor skydiving. And he's like, I will emotionally prepare for one of those two things. And I, <laughs> I said, how about emotionally prepare for both of them? Cause that's going down. So wow. indoor skydiving. It's a lot of fun. That's cool. You want to go with us? Uh, John I- Acuff, Ryan and Cameron indoor skydiving. <laughs> That would be the greatest. We could all link ever. hands yeah. and twirl. Uh, <laughs> I want to see some really awesome, like um, point break maneuvers. Yeah, yeah, you can do a thing where, like, you can. It's a long, long tube, and uh, you know the people who are terrified just kind of like lay flat, two, three feet off the bottom. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever. But if you, why twist, would you be terrified? You're safe. But if you twist your body really? in certain you ways, you can shoot up the tube. Really? And then, yeah, and then you can control, come back down. So what's funny is like, you know, every time you go to a roller skating rink, there's always the guys who show off in the middle and they go uh-huh. backwards. Nobody and they do goes whatever. to roller skating anymore. I'm very familiar. <laughs> <laughs> usually usually the they have a, a roller skating ring. <laughs> no, I'm saying, you get the people who are just skating <laughs> and then you got that one random guy who yeah. this is his life's passion. Yeah. And he's got all his own custom stuff <laughs> and he's just like, ta- he's like showing off thinking like he is just the cat's meow. Yeah. Whole time, right? But yeah, he, Jesse's right. He has a ponytail. Right, yeah. he has a ponytail. He's probably white. He looks shoes. like shoes. Uh, if you ever in the Big Lebowski, he looks like the the Jesus. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> the indoor skydiving place has this exact same guy <laughs> because there's the people who are doing it for the first time, and you've got all your thing, and then there's another tube over there for the, like the advanced guys, mm-hmm. and they're just like shooting up and down <laughs> and f- doing flips, and they're acting like they're doing training for like real skydiving teams, but they're not. They're just right. doing. They're just like really intense indoor skydivers, <laughs> and they and, like they can do all the twirls. So they told me that they're like really heavy set fellows. No, too. no, no. They're oh, super okay. athletic. Like you would think skydivers oh, would be. Okay. It's just so funny. It's like. This culture lives at every niche yeah. activity. That's why there know? are so many documentaries. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Where somebody is like takes it way more seriously than everybody yeah. else. Yeah, anyway. All right, what do you have, Maya? I have a slice. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we were talking about um, Urkel. Mm-hmm. And what in the world is Urkel doing now? He's a sports writer. Dancing with the Stars. He is doing Dancing with the Stars now. Yeah. Jaleel White? Yeah, He's also a sports writer. He is not a sports writer. I follow him on Twitter. He is a sports journalist. Really? Really? For what? I think freelance. Oh. But no, no, no. He really, he is a sports writer. I mean, (laughs) that's his daytime job. Well, now I have to... Google search. I follow Urkel on Twitter. I also follow Candace Cameron. (laughs) You're just in with the TGIF crowd. (laughs) Basically. All right. What do you have, Ryan? All right. uh, My slice is actually an update uh, to Jesse's last week. Um... 
Jesse, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but uh, some new developments in the efforts to get a tax break for Americans who grow facial hair. Mm-hmm. Um, not just all facial hair, mustaches. Yeah, the, the, you're referring to the Stash Act. Yeah, it's the Stash Act, but it says for facial hair grooming. So I don't know if it's just the stash or if it's all facial hair. They're already compromising. Yeah. Well, uh, they're trying to form alliances to get broader support. That's true. So, uh, so they, they've gone to the Goatee Foundation. <laughs> they've gone to the Soul Patch Fund. Mm-hmm. They're trying to get support for... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. So they're trying to get Jesse, you mentioned last week that they're trying to get the support in Congress of a couple of uh, Congress congressmen who have facial hair. Mustachioed congressmen yes. is what we refer to. Them uh, one of one of the only ones who has a mustache is I'm not making his name up. I promise. Uh, he's a representative or he's a Republican from uh, Maryland and his name is Roscoe Bartlett. Nice. <laughs> he's an avid indoor skydiver <laughs> and he looks pretty old. Um, he as the American Mustache Institute who's trying to sponsor this bill. <clears throat> they claimed this week that Roscoe Bartlett had lent his support to the Stash Act. Um, and then, uh, Bartlett's office now is saying he never supported the measure. And even though he affirms, uh, his, his chief of staff, this is the statement for the record. Roscoe is pro stash, but he does not believe (laughs) Americans should pay for people's personal grooming decisions. So good for him. He's, he's clearly libertarian. Yeah. But, um, I, I, I imagine that he dresses like boss hog. (laughs) <laughs> and rides in a convertible white Cadillac. <laughs> the uh, the American Mustache Institute was quick in their response to uh, the apparent reversal. Uh, they, <laughs> they they referred to it as quote a shameful reversal. And Chairman Aaron Perlett, who we've had in the podcast for right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> he said, we are highly disappointed by their reversal based on the fact that the congressman's opponents in the race are jumping on the bandwagon to criticize him. They obviously don't understand what it is to be a mustached American. That guy is clearly a Democrat. So this has obviously become really partisan. It'll be one of the hot point uh, issues going yeah. into the presidential election. I mean, I think the biggest question about... What's your stand on mustaches? Yeah, and the biggest care, the biggest question about the Affordable Health Care Act is will it provide for mustaches? I, I want to see one... I Like, let's say, like, Mitt Romney wins the GOP nomination. Mm-hmm. I want to see him come out after like, after he's locked in the nomination with just a magnificent mustache. It'd be cool if... Um, you know how they have the debates and they let people in the audience ask stuff, but they're obviously, like, pre-fed the yeah, question yeah. if somebody like got in and then they instead of doing their pre one they asked that yeah yeah they asked, they asked about an act before congress i mean the politicians right. would have to know about yeah, it that's true can i tell a really funny aaron prolette story i mean we interviewed him a long time ago during because remember cameron you had put up that uh, gentleman society website the relevant podcast gentleman society <laughs> yeah he he somehow came across it right and contacted us i believe no we contacted him Okay, well, whatever the case was. It's not like he had a Google alert for gentlemen. And, oh. No, no, no. I, I think... The, That'd be a really creepy Google alert. <laughs> yeah. Well, whatever the case was, the, an interview was scheduled with him. And Adam and I, uh, I... I hope I'm remembering this correctly. When we first got him on the line, he was like, all right, yeah, I, I'm glad I got up with you guys. I was trying to find... Uh, to just learn a little bit about you guys. And all I could find was some Christian magazine. (laughs) 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 Because we we told him we were really interested in his work with mustaches. And we go, I just remember Adam's response goes, yep, that's us. And there was like a slight pause. And he goes, okay. And then we just started this long (laughs) interview. (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. If you go to relevantgentlemansociety.com right now, you will see uh, some familiar faces. Yeah, from 2009. (laughs) All right, that'll do it for Slices. Stay tuned. Up next, author Don Miller and filmmaker Steve Taylor. Left a bag of bones, a trail of stones, fought to find my way home now. As the air grows cold, the trees unfold, and I You're listening to Beirut. 
in there. The song is Vagabond. There's lots of Vagabonds. Uh, the video is now playing over at Relevant.tv. Well, our next guest, you might have heard of him. I don't know. Uh, eight or nine, ten years ago, uh, Donald Miller wrote a book called Blue Like Jazz. And it became a bestseller. It became a book that I'm guessing that 90% of our listeners and magazine readers uh, have probably read. It, it tapped a nerve of our generation and our uh, spiritual journey. For the last few years, Don has been working on turning that uh, collection of essays into a movie. He's partnered with director and filmmaker Steve Taylor, and their journey in making this film is winding and crazy and interesting. While all the traditional ways that you get a movie funded uh, didn't work out, all of a sudden fans took it upon themselves to make this movie happen, and an organic Kickstarter campaign is actually what saved the film. Ended up raising a lot of money for the film. It was the largest uh, Kickstarter project that ever existed. And then that brought another funding, and they were able to make an indie film on uh, what ended up being a real movie budget. And uh, that film is debuting April 13th. Uh, we have had an interesting uh, part in the recent story of the film in the sense that we're friends with Don and Steve, and they were here not too long ago. And we were just asking, you know, about what they were doing to get word out and letting, you know, since people care so deeply about the book, you know, kind of telling them, letting them behind the scenes of the process and the story and how the film is being made and all that. And so we ended up launching a site, a microsite, uh, to go in conjunction with the rollout of the movie at Relevant. Uh, it's, it's us presenting the behind the scenes of Blue Like Jazz, and it's at relevantmagazine.com slash Jazz. It just went up last week or a week or two ago. What you'll find there is really candid conversations between Don and Steve talking about various aspects of their journey and the, you know, the, uh, making the film. Uh, Don, throughout the month of March, will be doing a, a video blog that'll be updated uh, three or four times a week. There's a lot of other stuff as well to explore and kind of see a side of the film that isn't just like the glitzy national marketing stuff. It's more, you know, you being led into part of their story, which is really cool. One of the things they're doing to kind of let people in early is uh, this month, uh, they're going on a national bus tour, hitting all the cities that the film's going to debut in in April. And they're doing an advanced screening, uh, the first look at the final cut of the film. Uh, Steve's been showing some rough cuts for the last six months or so, but this is the first time people have seen really what's going to hit theaters. Uh, It's hitting 17 cities all, all over, Northeast to Southeast, Midwest and West. Um, and it's probably coming to a market near you. If you're interested in going throughout the month of March, you can find out all the information at the site we created, relevantmagazine.com slash jazz. And we have an allotment of seats at each screening just for relevant readers and listeners. Uh, you'll definitely want to you know, watch all the videos and listen to all the conversations that are at this microsite. It's, it's actually really fascinating. So what we thought is... Uh, since this conversation uh, was filmed in our studio here uh, just a few weeks ago, we thought it'd be great to play a portion of the conversation between the filmmakers, uh, Donald Miller and Steve Taylor. And this, in this particular excerpt, this is where they are talking about how in the world do you take a collection of unrelated essays and turn it into a cohesive movie script? Because... Uh, they had to change a whole lot, and it's really fascinating. So here is Steve Taylor and Don Miller talking about Blue Leg Jazz, the movie. I think when I first, when I first pitched you on the idea, the, the pitch was, uh, I think Blue Leg Jazz could make a great movie, but it would be a, more of a movie story if your character was a college student who lived the experience instead of, you know, at the time I think you were auditing classes and living off campus and you were involved in the same way, but you were, you were, you were observing as well. It wasn't, it didn't have the same dynamic as someone who would actually, you know, leave Houston at 19 and go to college at Reed. And that was probably the first step that we took in fictionalizing a narrative. Right. But the movie, it's, the book itself does not lend itself to a screenplay. 
almost in any way. And the, there was a company, I don't know if it was Walden or who, that wanted to option the rights. And uh, I didn't go for it. They weren't all that, you know, they weren't knocking down my door, but there was talk about it. And I just never pursued it because I didn't understand how this book could become a movie unless you fictionalized it. Mm-hmm. But the idea of taking those characters, who I know very well, obviously I'm one of them, taking those characters and dreaming up a story using them in the context of Reed College was always exciting to me. Right. And so when we met and you pitched the idea, I, I was already, I already understood that's what would have to be done uh-huh. if we were going to make a story out of this. So, but we would have to talk about the, the themes of the book, the feel of the book. Um, obviously the um, confession booth would need to be in the book. It would just be, it need to be in a contextual narrative. And amazingly, we've screened this film in front of thousands of people now, and nobody has a problem with what we've done. Because when they read the book, there wasn't this epic narrative that we are not following. Right. These are a series of essays with anecdotes and small stories that, cre- that illustrate points. So when we actually tell a story, it, it almost feels like, oh, this is the story that all those essays were born out of. Ah, right. And it, and it feels right. Yeah, right. There are really accurate things in the movie. The relationship between me and Penny in the film is is very, very similar to the relationship between me and Penny at Reed. Mm-hmm. Um, we just sort of him, we just sort of danced around each other even after she left Reed, and um, it just never it just never happened with us. And uh, and then um, the relationship with me and Laura was very, very similar to the relationship with Lauren and Don in the movie. There was there was there is a Pope at Reed College. Um, but we play up the character of the Pope a lot stronger in the film than the Pope actually is. A lot of people, that students that read, don't even know that they have a Pope, but they do. Uh, right. They elect a Pope every year, and that the Pope speaks for God occasionally in the newspaper when they want God's opinion. They'll call the Pope and say, hey, can you tell us what God thinks about this issue? And he'll write something. Uh, he or she will write something. And um, so that, that character does exist. In our movie, we needed that the baton to be passed from Pope to Pope in order to make our narrative work. It read it's actually an elected official, uh, so that's that's fictionalized. The academic environment at Reed is is insane. Um, it's just insane. Those kids never stop studying. The average IQ is above genius, and it's mostly East Coast kids coming out. Mm-hmm. And the quirky nature of students at Reed. We didn't even we didn't even come close. Right. I mean, you know, a pope pushing a burning shopping cart and burning books on campus is the tip of the iceberg. Right. <laughs> what you'd ever if we really showed Reed, right. Nobody would believe. It. Yeah, because I, I mean I I will still get that after screenings. What you know, people saying, well, you know, this environment is kind of unrealistic, and I want to tell them you have no idea. <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> right. You have no idea. The, the culture at Reed is actually, academically, it's very conservative. They believe in an absolute truth. They believe that there's a context for that absolute truth, and they believe the truth has to be scientifically or philosophically proven. Uh, but what makes Reed quirky is there are no rules. So at no point can faculty or staff member tell a student what to do, under any circumstances. Somebody's going to jump off the roof, they're going to jump off the roof, and uh, there's nothing anybody can do. There are three rules at Reed. Don't hurt yourself, don't hurt somebody else, and don't cheat. Those are the only three rules. And those rules are uh, enforced by the student body themselves. And this is what's fascinating. If you see somebody cheating or hurting themselves, uh, this is the protocol. You go to them one-on-one. This is, it, this is on the walls of Reed of how you deal with issues. You go to them one-on-one and you address the problem. If they don't respond to one-on-one feedback about what they're doing, you get one other person and you go to them two-on-one and you actually address the problem that way. If they still don't uh, respond, you take them in front of J board, judicial board, judicial board, and that is a board of students. It's made up of all students and one faculty member who's just there in case they need a faculty, the voice of a faculty member. And then judicial board decides what to do with this student who's hurting themselves, hurting somebody else, or cheating. And if you're cheating, you're gone. The, right. the, the J board will kick you off campus. Um, and that's how rules are enforced at Reed College. It's kind of like straight out of the Bible. <laughs> kind of like straight out of the Bible. Wow. It's just a very weird environment. It's yeah, very, right. very strange. It's not like Ohio State where there's 
parties happening and you know fraternities and stuff like that it's that the the reason Ren Faire is such a wild party it's a lot of mushrooms a lot of acid uh, a lot of pot uh, people are just basically hallucinating is it they're blowing off steam from um, a semester of extremely extremely hard work right. and they've been buried in books for months and uh, and this is this is right after right before reading week and so this is their last chance to blow off steam and turn in their thesis if you're a senior you have to write a, a thesis and they turn in their thesis papers at the thesis parade and uh, night one you get drunk and they spend about a month in their off times creating two giant sculptures of some sort like a giant boat and a giant spaceship then they do they get drunk and they they get inside of these things and have a war with each other until they're, I mean, you watch this and you just go, I can't believe. I can't believe nobody got like hurt. 40 feet in the air, somebody's hanging on a two by four, swinging back and forth, drunk out of his mind, and they That's... live through it. And then uh, that, then once those two structures are destroyed, they burn them. <laughs> right. And then they, everybody sleeps till three in the next afternoon, and then the drugs come out. And they, right. and they have a, a, a glow opera. Right. to enhance your drug trip and they have fireworks to enhance your drug trip and it was in the middle of that environment that we did the confession booth and uh, it was really crazy. I've been twice, they let me attend, just I could take notes but I couldn't take any photos. And then we had our production designer there too, and he was furiously making sketches. And uh, uh, this was, it was fascinating. I was there for a couple days, both years in a row. And uh, there's a scene where uh, there's like the bluebird tent, and Penny and Lauren are taking care of some sick kids, and I think it's called Whitebird. And uh, that, and the, you know, we're hanging out at the net in the quad there at Scarrett Bennett where we shot it. And that, there's that one like three-minute scene where it really does bring you right into Ren Faire. Uh -huh. And you're just like, this is actually what it feels like. This yeah. is what Ren Faire kind of feels like. The big stage and the dancing and stuff is not a, that's not a Ren Faire thing. They would right. have made that stage and it would, you know, they would have made their instruments. <laughs> you <laughs> right, wouldn't understand right. the music. Right. <laughs> but it would, it would have come out of Middle Earth or something. Yeah, right. But, uh, but, but we had to, we had to translate it for an audience that would understand it. And, right. So we took some liberties there. But. That was Steve Taylor and Don Miller. To find out more and hear more conversations like this, check out relevantmagazine.com slash bluelikejazz. And don't forget, RSVP for screening seats in a city near you. You're listening to Regina Spector. The song is All the Rowboats. It's for a new single. It's the moment you've all been waiting for. It is time for the Oscars.biz Awards 2012. Well, uh, you know, we are all very excited, as I'm sure our listeners uh, at home or wherever you may be are. Um, a lot of anticipation went into this year's Oscars.biz non-scripted reality non-celebrity programming award show. Um, this is These are the type of shows that, that really mean something to us that we can spend a whole night watching, waste a Saturday afternoon, and, and what we're really talking and thinking about throughout the week. Mm -hmm. So... Um, you all went out to Oscars.biz and voted for in your mass, choices. I mean, it was like they were beaten down. Like our server crashed. There were so many people. Mm -hmm. So uh, Cameron and I are, are very excited to present the winners of this year's Oscars.biz 
award show. I'll be filling the Paul Reiser role in this announcement <laughs> dynamic. <laughs> and I will be Angelina Jolie's leg. And, <laughs> <laughs> at least you're not in blackface. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It, it won't be. I promise to keep uh, any of the racially offensive material at a minimum, unlike the real Oscars. <laughs> 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 All right. And, uh, you know, I also did see on the Oscars.biz comment board and then on the, relevant, on, the, on the podcast page a couple of what were perceived as snubs. Oh. So can I, can I just mm. briefly address uh, this issue? Of course. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to get into the specific snubs. Some of them are legitimate. You know, some people are saying I missed, um, you know, the t- parking and towing genre. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> they, they were, you know, just a, like I said. Here's the thing, and, and I know a lot of people have been talking about this lately. The demographics of the uh, board that actually picks the nominees is shockingly narrow. <laughs> the entire board is 28 years old, a white male, li- and they live on the East Coast. <laughs> so if there is some perceived you know, lack of uh, awareness about things outside of that demographic, it's probably because I just forgot to write. It wasn't an intentional stuff, so... All right, now that we've gotten that the uncomfortable that uncomfortable business out of the way, uh, let's let's uh, uh, jump into the nominees here. Um, so the nominees for best mythical beast hunting slash dinosaur fighting show are. Should I read them, Cameron? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. our teleprompter is. <laughs> yeah, you read the nominees, and I'll and I'll say the winner. <laughs> okay, Monster <laughs> Quest. And this is just in your mind when I say these. In your mind, I want you to p- project a little montage from the show, right? Uh, right. Just like they do on the real Oscars, mind or pictures. at least a little snapshot. You know, finding Bigfoot, UFO hunters, or Jurassic Fight Club. Well, this one wasn't even close, Jesse. It was uh, the the people have spoken in a landslide. By far, the best mythical beast hunting dinosaur fighting show is. Jurassic Fight Club. Mm. Yeah. Wow. I, I think it has, has Fight Club in it. See, I was honestly I was, I was honestly expecting Finding Bigfoot here. Came, finding Bigfoot came in a solid second. I, I, landslide was a little extreme. It, it was 45% for Jurassic Fight Club, 29% for Finding Bigfoot. Mm. And, mm. After that, it dropped off significantly. But those are definitely and, your two heavy hitters. And unfortunately, there will be no one from the cast of Finding Bigfoot to accept the reward to, award tonight because they've been extinct for 65 million years. <laughs> We're going to call up someone from the Creation Museum, see if they can come off and get this thing. <laughs> yeah, maybe they can just put it on display there. This the Oscars.biz. Yeah. Um, next to the dinosaur, the saddle on it. Right. <laughs> the, the way I picture the Oscars.biz official Oscars. Award, Oscars, sorry. The Oscars.biz <laughs> official award is like one of those old school dot matrix printers with like two strings of uh, whole paper that you like tear off and it's just a certificate that's kind of misspelled <laughs> <laughs> and it's got like like somebody dropped a meatball yeah, exactly. <laughs> it has a few stains <laughs> it's yeah. slightly crumpled like I left it in the back seat yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and when you were picking up like the Chinese takeout you actually left like the, like the greasy bag <laughs> So it smells like fish sauce. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Congratulations. <laughs> Please send something like that to the Creation Museum. And it, and it says Jurassic Fight Club. <laughs> With no explanation. Oh, In a frame. Man. In a frame. <laughs> With a sticky note that just says congratulations. <laughs> and a check for like $3.40. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Signed in the memo line that says from Paul Rise. <laughs> from the office of Paul Rise. <laughs> All, right. All right. For the award for best in show 2012. <laughs> Sorry. The, the barehanded fishing long form category. Right. The nominees are Mudcats, Hillbilly Hand Fishing, River Monsters, Snake Man of Appalachia. Or Call of the Wild Man with Ernie Brown Jr., the Turtle Man. (laughs) (laughs) Who, who we've surmised, does not have all of his fingers. Um, (laughs) This is another one. There was a clear winner. The people have spoken. Winning the award for Best uh, best in Show 2012 Barehanded Fishing Longform is... 
Hillbilly hand fishing. Mm. Yeah. I gotta say that's not surprising. Second place, River Monsters. Uh, the Turtle Man came in third. <laughs> All right. Well, this one I had. You know, I think a lot of people knew the outcome of this. The Situation Award for Best New Nickname in a Primetime Show. The nominees are the Unit from Jersey Shore, <laughs> the Colonel, the auctioneer from Storage Wars, Texas, Bobo, the truck driver from Swamp Loggers. Matt, shake that moneymaker from Finding Bigfoot, or hashtag Hambone, or Too Hype for Life. <laughs> <laughs> this one, the other ones I said, uh, Landslide, this one truly was. Uh, capturing almost 80% of the vote. Wow. Hashtag Hambone. Wow. 80%. You no are, surprise you there. Like... I mean, every uh, the, all the awesome. other ones are within... 0.02 of a percent of each other at around 5%. It's like 5555 five, 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 and then 5555 five, 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 and then 80. People like the hash bone. Is it? Hashtag hash, hash bone. bone. What's your, what is it? That's a new one. <laughs> That's a new one. <laughs> what, what, what did I say? Hash bone. It's my stoned alter Hashtag ego. hash bone. <laughs> hashtag. It's ham tag hash bone. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, congratulations on your award. Thank you. You should be receiving your check periodically. I, it's in the backseat of my car. Oh, okay. I have to get for you. <laughs> Just a handful of change. <laughs> <laughs> It's in the cup holder. You have it open that Diet Coke. You give that to him. It's in the cup holder. Yours is is in Subway stamps. (laughs) It needs to be like all those rusty pennies that you have in your cup holder after years of like being wet. Uh, (laughs) And they're always sticky. Yeah, exactly. Actually, we can present him with a nice, cool, unopened can of Diet Coke. Right, our sponsor. Mm. Presenting sponsor of the initial... So, so actually, we should get a picture of him receiving his award. That's true. Real quick. <laughs> Do you have anything to say? Thank you. I mean, you're here to accept the award. Uh, thank you to everyone who voted. I appreciate this. Um, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. Of thousands of people. Oh, just hundreds? Just hundreds. <laughs> uh, thanks to Diet Coke. Thanks to Paul Reiser. Thanks to H&R Block. For, for getting you a refund double check. Yeah. Don't forget the Home Depot. Oh, and the Home Depot. Home Depot, right. Was they powered, were last minute. This award was powered by the Home Depot. That's right. Yeah. All right. All right. Next up. The the best use of sleeveless shirt, shirtless vest, or overalls division. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to build uh, tension here. Dramatic tension. Uh, The nominees are Billy the Exterminator, Only in America with Larry the Cable Guy, American Restoration, Swamp People, or homes on homes. Homes better. One. Now remember, there could be a Home Depot bias on this one. I don't know. That's true. I don't know if they influence the outcome of this. This is one of the uh, tightest categories that we've had. One of the closest results. The the margin uh, between the, the winner and second place is less than one and a half percent. Whoa. Wow. But winning the award for best use of sleeveless shirt, shirtless vest, or overalls is. Mike Holmes, Holmes on Home. Yes. Oh wow. Set pulling who up. Was, who was number two? Billy the Exterminator. Mm. Mm. Not surprising there. No. Yeah. I I would actually call that an upset. Mm. Really? Really? Yeah. I I would think Billy would have taken that. But are you a Billy fan? Best thing about the Oscars up is you just don't know the people. Don't know. It's like the it's like the People's Choice Awards. It's right. it's like it's like the Nick the Nickelodeon Kids Choice Awards. <laughs> the people have spoken. Right. Yeah. All right. What's next? So now we have to slime um, <laughs> Billy the Exterminator. Um, all right. Best Vehicular Transportation Award. The nominees are that crazy tank thing from Storm Chasers. Anything Barry Weiss from Storage Wars pulls up in. Those crappy tin boats for, on Swamp People. The American RV. The American Pickers RV. Or those little cars with orange sirens on parking wars. Uh, best vehicular transportation award. The winner is that crazy tank thing from Storm Chasers. Mm-hmm. Easy. That, that was sense. easy. Yeah. I mean, if you could own any one of those, I think it would be that. You know. Yeah. Just curiosity. Number two. Number two was anything Barry Weiss from Storage Wars pulls up in. Mm. Ah. There you go. Okay. All right. The first Horseman of the Apocalypse Award for Excellence in Moral and Social Depravity. And other, it's also called the Don't Worry, It's on the Learning Channel. So I'm pretty sure it's Educational Award. Mm-hmm. Uh, the nominees are Toddlers and Tierras, Sister Wives, My 600 Pound Life, I Didn't Know I Was Pregnant, or My Strange Addiction. Another one, clear winner. Clear winner. Not a landslide, but clear winners. Solidly in first place. 
toddlers and tiaras. It's got to yeah. be. I, yeah, I was going to say, no surprise there. Have you this, guys you, Toddlers and Tierra was the Meryl Streep of this category. <laughs> the runner- Every, it, it was it was Meryl and everyone else. <laughs> um, All right. Well, well, the the final award. This is this is the big one. This is the the big award that everyone's been wanting to know. This is the real reason people listen. The Lifetime Achievement Award. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to need to get real quiet in here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, the nominees are John Gosling, Joe Rogan, Buster from Mythbusters, Sharks, That Water Skiing Squirrel. All all uh, worthy candidates. Indeed. All have impacted our, our, our lives and culture in one way or another. Uh, yeah. The people have spoken. There is a clear winner here. The Lifetime Achievement Award is... Buster from Mythbusters. Wow. Yep. Uh, he's the uh, jelly-headed dummy that lets us realistically imagine what Civil War-era cannons, laser accidents, and action movie explosions would do to a real human body. Sharks didn't win. I really expected sharks. <sighs> sharks came in second and uh, closely followed by the water skiing squirrel. So hmm. sharks really not resonating with our audience, no. uh, the voters, hmm. as much as we thought. Uh, I would have thought sharks as well. And this is despite me going there every day and voting for the water skiing squirrel. Uh, that one didn't... <laughs> I really did. I voted many, many times. I guess Buster is the most like the artist since he doesn't speak. That's true. Yeah. And then it's the yeah, year of the This artist. is the, the year, year of, of silent, yeah. powerful performance. Well, because... <laughs> well, the squirrel's silent. Sharks are silent. No, no the squirrel no, goes chi not in the clip that we're all referencing. But isn't there also a song that's like... That's a hamster. That's a hamster song? Yeah. yeah. Oh. It's called- yeah, yeah. Well, well I, I think ironically, I think those are probably the top three, you know? So all it silent. was the yeah. silent. Yeah, you're right. Yep. It's true. Yep. Well, that'll so do it for they, the... They were also the non-human nominees. <laughs> <laughs> that'll do it for the uh, 2012 Oscars.biz non-celebrity reality show awards. Basically giving awards to people who won't win any others. You mean awards <laughs> to the TV shows that Jesse watches? Basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Je- this is Jesse's justification for his yeah. TV viewing habits. Yeah. For, for my TiVo right here. <laughs> it's research. Oh, I watched, I, I TiVo these shows all year just for this. Please mm-hmm. tell me you do a tax write-off for your DVR. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I probably should. <laughs> all right. So that's it for Oscars.biz. <laughs> Stay tuned. Up next, your feedback. You're listening to Bon Iver. The song is Towers. The video is playing right now over at relevant.tv. Okay, uh, normally in this segment we have your feedback, but last segment was basically your feedback. Uh, so it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. All right, so earlier in the podcast, uh, I mentioned in passing what I thought would be an aside just here in the studio that Ch- Chad would have taken out ended up Making the cut. Making the cut. Yeah. So uh, in a couple weeks here, uh, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm getting ready. I'm going to spend the evening with John Aco. Um, I've only met John once, uh, and it was, it was a tense discussion that we had because it was right in the beginning of him stealing all of our jokes, you know? So that was right when I met him last fall. So anyway, so John's coming down. He has an event in town, and we're, we have a, he has an open evening. I have an open evening. We're going to spend it together. Uh, I'm thinking nice dinner, get to know him on a non, um, you're stealing our jokes level mm. and, and then <laughs> capping it off with some indoor skydiving. That's what I'm thinking, but I'm open for suggestions. Mm. So we wanted to ask you, how would you spend an evening with John Acuff? <laughs> That's ridiculous. It is ridiculous, but maybe there'll be a better idea than going to a nice dinner. Yeah. You're saying this is ridiculous to the crew who just came up with the Oscars.biz winner. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm actually really excited to see what people come up with. Here. Yeah, they'll probably come up because with usually that. we give suggestions. You know, like, oh, mm-hmm. you can say this. I just, I want, I want blank slate on this. Yeah. I really just want to hear what the people have to say. How would you? What would you do if you could spend an evening with John Acuff? There you go. If you don't know who John Acuff is, you can check him out at johnacuff.com. He's a humor writer and author and stuff like that. He's a good guy. 
To answer the question, go over to this week's podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com and right there in the comments, post your replies. We'll read our favorites on next week's episode. On that note, we'll wrap it up. Many thanks to Donald Miller and Steve Taylor for coming through the studio um, and letting us listen in on that fascinating conversation. If you want to find out more and see more conversations like that one, head over to relevantmagazine.com slash jazz. And don't forget to check out the screening uh, calendar and find out when it's coming to a city near you and RSVP right there for a free first look at the movie before it hits theaters April 13th. Next week, we will be back to our regularly scheduled programming. We have, um, we have the new issue of Relevant just came out, the March issue featuring the roots and the new music guide and a lot of other great stuff. Uh, subscribers should be getting it now. It's available in the iPad store, so people are getting it. Next week, we'll kind of talk behind the scenes. And we have a once-in-a-generation moment that happens next, next week. I, I, can't, I can't say too much, but you're not going to want to miss next week's episode. I want to do uh, one quick housekeeping note about uh, last week's guest, Sarah McIntosh. Uh, we said that her videos would be up on Relevant TV and on the podcast episode page on uh, Monday, this past Monday. Uh, they, they aren't up. They aren't up now. Her album comes out on Tuesday, this coming Tuesday. And uh, she uh, her team asked if we could maybe play them the week of her or play the videos the week of the release. So sure. we were friends. We like her a lot. If that's what she wants to do, that's what we're going to do. So if y'all went looking for the videos and they weren't up, that's the explanation. They are coming up. They'll be playing on Relevant TV and throughout our promoted throughout our site starting on Tuesday. Uh, they're definitely worth tuning in for. They're great, great videos. Really cool. Uh, on that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Maya Strang. I'm Ryan Ham. I'm Jesse Carey. That's Todd Michael Snavely. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. For more, go to relevantmagazine.com. Hey, I don't remember giving that orangutan all that old sports memorabilia. What the...